0: Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with the cheese On with me tonight, I have the man, the myth, the legend. It is Pistol, mate. You're coming fresh off a top podcaster scorer. You've been posting in our you know, little three-way chat all day about how good your week was.
2: Why don't you tell everyone else? <laughs> it wasn't that good. It definitely could have been better. Oh, I was okay. feeling pretty happy <laughs> With Laird, captain, when he was on 80 at half time, and then I saw the Kerno tag, and I'm like, oh boy. Uh, so, that was a sorry end to the end of the match. I don't know why I said end twice there, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I finished with 2482. So, good enough this week to still move up in ranks to 250th overall. So, not quite catching you yet, Cheezo, but I feel like I'm right there, hot on your tail. I've got my two trades this week to get Dangerfield into my side and complete my team for Primo. So, I feel like I'm, I'm hunting you down, but I can't quite catch you yet. You're not far away. I mean, I'm 95th at the
0: moment. And you're 250th and you're complaining, that oh, I'm so far away, how am I ever going to catch you? I think that's a bit There's rich, man. a gap. Mate. That's a it's bit like rich. A couple
2: hundred, it's like 100 and something points or 200 points. It's a lot.
0: Look, and don't even think about bridging it. It's the chizo chase down. It doesn't work <laughs> if I have to chase you down twice. Or maybe i chase you down twice. Maybe that's how it works. Maybe. Uh, 24-04 for me this week. And literally everything that could have gone sideways Went sideways for me. I brought in Shay uh, Bolton instead of Dusty after being on Dusty all week, um, which was annoying. And then both CCJ and Waitman putting in scores that are making it really, really precarious for me to get Grundy back next week. So <laughs> I the, right now, if I was to trade CCJ to Grundy, I wouldn't be able to afford it. So I need CCJ to play. I need him to score above 60, and I need Grundy to not meet his meet his break even, and I can maybe sort of just do it. <laughs> I mean, sounds okay. <laughs> I, I, I'll have three trades left, Pistol. I'm not sure what you're at, um, but three trades left if it works out. But um, it just leaves me with a dilemma this week because I'll have to um, I'll trade in Lockie Jones, trade out Lockie Jones, and Waity this week. Um, as opposed to just being able to wait an extra week on Waitman to see how things go. But I'm just a little bit scared of him losing a bit of cash, yeah, mate. I
2: feel, I feel like our trade situation's average, but our yeah. bench situation, our cover situation is not good.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's definitely, <looking> <laughs> definitely a, a, a loophole in terms of uh, everyone on my bench. Uh, I'm kind of playing the strategy that if I've got three trades left and there's eight or so rounds to go, Maybe I can just do a few little sideways and then if I have more than three injuries, well, I'm just kind yeah, of... It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I've, I do have cover in each line. It's not the greatest, um, uh, but it won't be zeros at this point um, by the looks of it, Pistol. So um, it's not all she wrote. Um, speaking of, you know, people doing well and having some better bench cover than what I do, it's probably the uh, nine of the top 13 players of Supercoach or being a part of Dr. Supercoach uh, patron. Mate, that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, The the chances of one of them taking the chocolates is uh,
2: increasing by the week. It's insane. Nine of the top 13 are patrons to Dr. Supercoach. If you haven't got on board this season... I mean, it might be a bit late to save your season, <laughs> we can't but you save definitely your season could learn. No trades. <laughs> yeah, you could learn learn maybe a thing or two, and definitely in the pre-season, we do the so many hours of preseason content in for in Patron only. I think uh, we got, I think the pretty much the entire community off to an absolute flyer last season, so I hopefully we could do that again, and that would be worthwhile signing up. But definitely this season. It's just been phenomenal. It's mm. gone from strength to strength. I am desperate for one of them to take out the fifty the K at the end of the year. Obviously it's part of the uh uh the
0: the, the waiver that they sign when they sign up that uh fifty percent of all winnings do come back to us. So <laughs> <laughs> no, am joking. Um uh, yeah, it's fantastic. The top 12 leagues are also Dr. Supercoach, which is just um, stupid to think about um, that that's happening. It doesn't even include your your home league, Pistol, which is usually, I think it came second last year as well. It's not even top 10. So the, the strength of um, the patronage has just been uh, going incredible. We do also have a, a shout-out this week, Pistol, this late into the season, Shanbags. Love the name. Uh, thanks for signing up and becoming part of Dr. Supercoach Patreon. We've got 513 that have signed up in... Uh, They've been active for the month of June, which is uh, incredible. And thank you so much uh, for the support as everyone kind of jumped on board for the Dr. Coach Cup pistol. That's been exciting with
2: round one out of the way. Oh, the cup is awesome. It's so much fun seeing everyone talk about their matchups and how they went, if they won, if they lost, talking about some of the very unlucky losers. We had one match that finished in 2584, defeated by 2592. That's so shout crazy. out to Tim's team for losing and shout out to, to Shane's fighting Hellfish for winning. That's an absolutely outstanding matchup and unfortunately Tim got sent home on the back of a 2-5-8-4. Yeah, incredible. Poor poor Tim. And then, You
0: know, 180 points ahead of me this week and he still lost. That's, that's just how the cup goes, Pistol. We're down to 256 teams left so uh, heading into round two. Mate, you've also got some Cancer Council donations to shout out. I, I, look, we talked about this, Pistol, that there was- was going to be no more donuts because we're out of the buys where are these donations coming from
2: all right so we've got a few here firstly to bruce walk of easy walk, has donated due to many donuts and now having no trades left oh boy um and he traded jack Steele after round one and this is pretty sure i subscribed to dr supercoach <laughs> in round two so atones for the sin of trading out jack Steele. joined up to dr supercoach thank you very much for your extremely Generous donation in the top couple of all time. So thank you very much. That puts us well on our way to our goal of this season. We've got Marshall as well. Donate for donuts from Slack's number one Darcy Parish fan. Whoa. Yeah, that was a swipe and a
0: half. You're on thin ice here, mate. You're on very, very thin. I've got audio recordings as far back as when we started this that I was number one. I don't want you coming from my mantle,
2: particularly when you're spreading innuendo and rumours. Baloo says this old vet fell asleep in front of the fire, watching the news, and woke up during the last quarter of Thursday night's match, leaving CCJ in my forward line fully unlocked at R three and Reeves at R two. So a donut and a round, no round two score for him this round, which is unfortunate. Thank you for your donation. We've got a familiar face. It's your face uh, for the chizo. The Cheezo donation, he says, uh, Paddy Meow turns into Paddy Wow. Uh, The week I have a bet with JB, $1 for every point Paddy Cake scored this week. You win this round, JB. (laughs) Was there a bit more context behind that?
0: Yeah, well, clearly you don't listen to the podcast because you've been caught out, caught in 4K. Um, Yeah, yeah, I
2: I definitely didn't listen to when you and JB... I want good advice.
0: (laughs) 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 Mate, who's who's top 100 right now? Um, No, I, I gave JB a very generous... Bet that if he scored above fifty, because he he was predicting a between fifty and seventy score from Paddy Meow being in the named in the centre, and I
2: thought it was pretty good odds that he'd go below fifty. So uh, happy to do that for the cancer council. Thank you very much for your donation. And to muscles hands soldo says, sorry I completely forgot to donate last week. Anyway, donating for the round fourteen carnage, and with that donation, it takes us to. Fourteen thousand nine hundred and seventy eight. In total, we are Ooh. now only twenty two dollars away from fifteen thousand dollars raised for the Cancer Council, which is incredibly generous. So thank you massively to the community you've gotten behind this from the very beginning, and we can't wait to smash through the fifteen thousand dollar raise barrier. Yeah, I what's our next barrier after that? Twenty, I wonder. Hey. And <laughs> know, we'll, we'll, we'll have
0: to think about that when we <laughs> break through the barrier. I'm not sure. <laughs> Come on, we, we can live to dream, mate. Uh, we'd also like to give a shout-out to our podcast sponsors in Manscaped. Manscaped specialise in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful Sharons, over 2 million men worldwide. Trust Manscaped. At Using code DRSC, you can get 20% off and free shipping uh, to help support the podcast. They've got the best tools for your family jewels, Pistol. I know you're a big fan. Smoother than pendles in traffic, better clearance rate than Clayton Oliver in the midfield. That's good. That's very good. It's very good. The Lawmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of their ceramic blades and advanced skin-safe technology. The snags on the Sharons are reduced, and the trimmer's also waterproof. You can use it in the shower. Pistol? It's got a pretty clutch light. Big, big, big fan of the light and the performance package this season uh, will be the best grade, best upgrade in the 2021 season you could possibly do. Comes with the uh, the lawnmower 3.0, the weed wacker, ear and uh, nose hair trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. The shed, big fan of that one too, Pistol. If you want to support the podcast and get some uh, some sweet manscaped uh, goodies as well. off of free shipping using code DRSC at manscaped.com. And thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring the podcast. Now, Pistol, big, big questions this week. Yes.
2: Yes. Very, very big big questions.
0: questions. I want to hit it with the big one. It's what we're getting in Twitter all week. Is this the week that we jump on either Danger or Grundy? And I know you're going to have a 20-minute breakdown for each, and that's what I'm here for. I'm here for that. I want to know the ins and outs of exactly what you think between the two that we could be looking to finishing our sides with.
2: I don't know if I'm going to have 20 minutes worth, but I think uh, (laughs) if you're playing the break-evens cleverly, you can just see there's a 153 break-even for Grundy and a 100 break-even for Dangerfield. And whilst Grundy, I have no doubt, outscores Dangerfield this week, so it's more points Dangerfield looked unbelievable for three quarters of that match. I mean, it was a slow start, but did he it was a though, slow first couple did of he, kicks.
0: Did he look as
2: okay? I think I think after the, those first two kicks, one out in the full and one that should have been out in the full, <laughs> he was very good and quickly quickly jumped up to a very high super coach score. By three quarter time and then just didn't score in the last quarter ran out of puff you know the same that Whitfield had when he was returning from injury I think now that we've seen him go 95 and 97 with easier opponents given they've literally just played Port Adelaide Bulldogs and Brisbane in a row coming into a streak where it's Essendon at Cardinia Park, Carlton, Fremantle, Richmond, North Melbourne, GWS, St. Kilda, Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne's tough. But the rest of those games, they should win comfortably, and I think now is the time to jump on him so that he can you know, soar to that 100-plus average for the rest of the season. So for me, playing the break-evens, it's Dangerfield, playing the oh no i might not be able to afford one of them next week so i have to pick one this week and then fingers crossed and hope for the best next week i probably would prefer to get grundy then because oh. my my r2 yeah it feels it feels better having grundy at r2 than ccj at r2 let's put it that way yeah no. talk yeah, i'm subscribed to that that's for sure yeah so dangerfield i mean he'll he'll do he'll definitely outscore c c. j It's not a question but at f six i feel like you can get away with c c j compared to yeah having him at r two those those big ruck scorers are just almost you know essential to finish a season whereas a lot of people have a very dodgy f six so you can kind of get away with it a little bit more even though Obviously, Dangerfield is still a, a fantastic pick. Do you think it's something similar along those lines, Chizo? What you're saying is facts. I can't deny that. I've got to
0: say that my heart is in the opposite direction. I would personally, given the choice, be looking to get Grundy this week because I think it's, I, I think it's really, really likely that Grundy could gap danger by 40 or 50 points this week. Like if it, if it was like oh they could probably scale, score pretty similar, I probably would pray play the break evens a little bit more. Ignoring his uh his neck injury against the Cats, he's had one score below 128 since round 5. And I just I feel and seeing him come back on the weekend and how he played, it just screams another 130 plus for me and I just like oh. Danger has not looked as good as what I hoped he would. And I brought him in knowing that I was just riding out a few weeks while he got his fitness back and not expecting the world. But while you say that they're coming up some e- against some easier opponents, I also see that as a chance to, again, just slowly run him in. You know, that's, it's not like he's coming up um, against, a, a you know, a, a potential finals rematch in two months' time that they, they want it, uh, to be at top gear for. This is, a you know, just another example that he can just slowly build
2: up and get put on ice like he did in the last quarter this week. I mean, he got put on ice because he got absolutely mauled. I mean, maybe if they're absolutely mauling Essendon, but... I think it'll be a little bit closer than that. Geelong needs to win games, and he needs to build his fitness. I mean, what if they keep resting him in the last quarter? He's not going to build up his fitness before finals. Maybe he's cooked.
0: So, maybe, maybe it's not them nursing. Him. It maybe might he be. just could be. He, he said uh, before his first <laughs> yeah. game, it's probably going to take him a month until he feels match fit. What's he been back for? Two, maybe three games. I can't even remember. Three, three games now. So this will be the the month that we've all been waiting for. Yeah. So so this is this is the game that the last one that he's going to go sub ton. Yeah. Maybe you you want to miss it's out on that one thirty
2: plus from Grundy. I I, th- I like this matchup. I feel like Essendon's compe- competitive, but can't play out the last quarter. Yeah, and that means at Cardinia Park, it's probably going to be tight. He's going to get all the points in that first three because then the blowout will happen, and he can just chill and you know get some freebies. I feel like this is a danger field match. Okay, so
0: it sounds like you're happy getting danger and just. Having a mediocre kind of ninety five, ninety seven again, regardless of what Grundy goes, because Grundy's just going to drop that much more than what Danger is, and that—that's that, yeah, I mean, the deciding factor. You for had,
2: it. for sure. If you had infinite cash, well then Grundy will outscore Danger this week. I'm quite yeah. sure. So, you know, I just think most people are cash constrained. I would say, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, no. Uh, that's exactly why we asked the question. Um, we'll talk about another forward other than Danger for a little bit. Shea Bolton. The week that Chizo brings him in, expecting to uh, launch my my chance to go higher up in the the top one hundred, puts in a forty four pistol. And not only was he spending a lot of time forward, he had some really really low minutes
2: on ground, which is a uh, you know for us particularly me that brought him in a bit concerning. Very concerning i think he had a season low 78 minutes on the ground his last you know one two what like eight games he's pretty much averaged over 100 minutes on ground so like significantly lower i look during the week there was like rumors i don't even know what eventuated from that that he had some scans on his wrist and it was like claimed as just like a checkup to make sure everything was in place but then he barely had low time of ground, played in a bad role. There's got to be more to it, mm. something that we're not privy to, some information. I just, For me, it's a warning sign that's like, uh-oh, something is wrong. I don't know how badly, I don't know to what extent, but it's enough to make me think I don't want to trade him in this week. Yeah,
0: they certainly kept it up wraps, under wraps pretty well um, as well because it, it, it was too late by the time... Um, we we're getting kind of some whispers and stuff in Slack. They're like, "Oh, I see, you've just brought in Bolton. Did you hear about the wrist?" And I was like, "Nah, I didn't hear nothing about his wrist." So it it, it was one <laughs> of those flushed. one of those things that there was no certainty with the news swinging around that people weren't even posting it as like official news that everyone needed to read and and take into consideration. So, um, it it uh, you you can't get mad at it, but you've just got to chalk it up to to one of those. Um, bits of luck that come into the game that uh, may have changed your decision if you did know about it but um, it's not something to, to get hung up I, I see a lot of people um, responding you know after oh, I should have got this guy I should have got that guy um, and I'm a little bit that way but um, once you've made the made the trade you shouldn't really have any regrets pistol is kind of kind of the way I have it and hopefully uh, shea Bolton comes back and goes back to that that 100 plus average that he had in the weeks previous so yeah um, I guess we've kind of talked about the major issues. Is this something that's going to put you off recommending him to someone as like
2: a final upgrade or would you be looking elsewhere? You're still comfortable? Talk to me about that. I think we've got to wait and see how he goes this week. I, I wouldn't get him this week no matter what, just in case yep. he's playing injured and they can't afford to rest him. Like that's a yeah massive red flag. So it's a stay away from this week mm. and reevaluate. We'll see how he goes. If he looks fine, next round, well then yeah, you can grab him the week after, no problem. You get them at a discount as well, which is kinda nice. They still have a decent enough draw. I think Chizo though, there's a couple of other players in that price bracket, you know, that's gonna drop to like the four, fifty, sixty or already there at the moment. How do you feel about Tom Hawkins now putting in back to back stinkers, as well as Rowan Marshall, who has pretty much put together also really two poor scores in a row and now finds himself at 460k with a break even of 162. So he's going to drop real low to, you know, low 400s.
0: Yeah, I've never been um, a huge fan of Marsh this year. I think his season has been too interrupted for him to, you know, he's going to have those games where he does go 100 plus and he looks like an absolute world beater. But it's just the interruption that he's had all year that puts me off, makes me worried about a reoccurrence of um uh, some stints on the sidelines and I think he's just going to be continually hampered. And it's probably next year that we're, we're looking to um, someone like a rail Marshall for those that are picking him up at that price. I think there's probably um, some safer quote unquote options. If you can find an extra 20 K, I think um, a question that we get pistol is that you, um, below x price who's the best options um none of them are like necessarily good it's just the best of a bad bunch um and if you've got to take a punt on someone you should be picking someone um, that you want on your team rather than someone that we can advise so in terms of hawkins on the other hand i think this is just what you get with key forwards you just yep. you're just going to get some good games. You're going to get some bad games. He's been good for a long period of time now. Um, that two bad games shouldn't really worry us. Uh, for those that do have it, and he's got a great run coming up. Pistol, as you you always say yourself, he's always all <laughs> great. His run is always great coming forward. Um, Looking at everyone in that price range, you've got Langford, Danger, Sidey, Hawkins, Green, Martin, Hines in there. A few people like Bailey Dale, Rowan Marshall, all around you know thirty k of each other. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not really seeing one of them kind of coming home like a steam train, um, and so it's just got to come down to. Probably a gut feel and someone that you like, maybe some DPP, something like that is got to be the the choice for you. I don't I don't really want to come out and say pick X because he could just as easily be beaten by one of the other ten that we've just named. Does that does that sort of resonate
2: with you? Or do you have well, do you have a name all in very, front? No, they're all they're all like really similar. Again, like I know Hawkins has looked bad for two weeks in a row and he has been double teamed a lot, but that run is. Pretty much the reason why you get key forwards. Yeah. You look at those draws and you're like, yeah, all right, they're going to kick bags of goals and that's how we're just going to end the season. So I'm still feeling pretty confident, probably more than I should after, you know. Plays a lot at home too. I just just really like the draw and he scores well in, in wins and they're going to have some big wins as well. So I like it. There's, you know, Bailey Dale looked awful in that first half. I think it was on like 25 or like 15 or something really low at halftime. He's down a regular still side bottom. <laughs> yeah, then put out a 96. So he's he's somehow, even though looking average, putting out really good super good scores. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters as well. So yeah. he's fine um, for your D, sorry, F6 slot if you mm. if you still need him. I know he's probably a bit of a POD pick at this stage of the season. Um, but yeah, all the rest, you're going to have those ups and downs. Sidey as well just gets 90 to 110 most weeks so the just happens it is what it is you've got to pick one and roll the dice and hope for the best yeah okay well let's all the cliches <laughs> let's
0: transition into um, a similar sort of question but a, uh, from a different angle you're looking at these kind of guys you've got like a Hawkins uh, a Langford this kind of price range but you don't have Zorko you've got a couple of trades left is it worth kind of burning another trade for A few thousand dollars that you can do by downgrading someone, um, just burning it. Let's say you got Brockman, you can sneak 70k out of it. Is it worth doing that extra trade to ensure you get someone like Zorko, um, someone you know, just outside of this price range, maybe like an Aaron Hall at 550? Talk to me about what your thoughts are on that. Would you burn an extra trade to get someone of that ilk um, or would you
2: still be looking towards uh, just picking up you know, Dusty at 480? Every team is different and it depends on how many trades you have, how many trades you'll have at full premium. I will say I do think it is good to get players like Bontempelli and Mills, Mills in particular, down back. Zorko up forward if you don't have him, I mean... Bloke's got a five-round average of 143. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you're picking, let's say, you know, Hawkins or I don't know if it's just in my mind now because we've been talking about him so much, if you're expecting him to go 90 for the rest of the year and you're expecting Zorko to go like 120 for the rest of the year, there's still eight rounds to go. It's a big difference. You're still going to be making up... Yeah, you're still going to make up 240 points, which then becomes worth it for the price difference or roughly worth it for the price difference. So... I do think it is worth it for the extra trades. It's not worth it, though, if it's going to put you in a situation where you have, I think, one or zero yep. trades remaining. I think you're playing it once full primo. I think that's just you have to accept that you're going to miss out on it. Even two is borderline for me. I think you'd have to make a tough call there. Three or more. I think if you got three or more and you can afford to take an extra trade to get one of those big boys, I think that's okay. But, for yeah, really less than that. You're playing with fire, and I think sometimes you just got to call and say, you know what? Not this year. I didn't generate enough money, so I just can't get them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Take my team, for example. I just can't get Bont. I can't do it. And I'm just going to have to live with that and build the rest of my side. Um, I'll kind of flip this one on its head. We've talked about what you would do with that. If you've got four trades or more, was it three trades or more, so you've got one left over, just to clarify, you would do it?
2: So, yeah, if I had my full team, full premium team... Yeah. And I was going to have four left. I probably don't mind having three left and a top tier like Bontempelli instead of getting somebody that's much worse. Yeah. I guess it depends who you didn't have, but I probably feel pretty good suggesting that even Zorko as well, if you don't have him in the forward line, you're tossing up between like a dodgy F6 or Zorko. Yeah, sure. You know, for one more trade and still having three at full premium. Like three is not ideal, but it's also not bad. It's probably average this year. So, you can probably do that. Yeah. Anything less, and yeah, it starts to feel not really worth it to me. Okay. Uh, and the way I was going to flip this question,
0: uh, we get this is the most common question we get asked. Um, and that's I've got Isaac Heaney at F6. I've got X amount of trades left. Should I do two trades to get Heaney up to someone better? Uh, and that usually means, you know, you've got. Uh, let's. I'll throw out a hypothetical for you, Pisty. We've got three trades left. You've got Isaac Heaney F6. If I do Bianco down, I can do Isaac Heaney up, and then I'll have one trade left, but I'll have a better F6. Um, talk to me about the, the other side of this coin, In would you use an extra trade or extra two trades in this instance to get one of your
2: on-field premiums or sub-premiums up to par? I think that's pretty much the same side of the coin. Because you you end up in the same boat. You have how many players? How many trades left at full premium? Yep. I know you're already full premium, but you're still considered full premium if you're just upgrading one of your sub premiums to an optimal premium. Mm. That was a confusing sentence and if yeah, I, I still think that's, you're looking at that three or more range. If you had Taranto at M8 and you want to upgrade Taranto to the Bontempelli but it would leave you with zero, one or two trades, I probably wouldn't do it. Okay. I feel like that's a, that's the common question we get This should I upgrade Taranto to the Bontempelli? <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it genuinely comes down to how much a trade is worth and you know, at the start of the year we say it's you know, X amount of dollars or X amount of points but towards the end of the year, that one trade can be worth an, like not infinite, but an incredibly large amount of points if you cop that injury early in the run home. If you've got one trade left and you cop, you know, two injuries, um, like some top coaches did last week and you've got no trades to fix that up, that's a third of the season you're coping potentially a 50 instead of a ton in that position and that just snowballs over the course of the year. So, um, I absolutely agree in that instance. If you are running low on trades and you've got the likes of Heaney or someone stinking it up, it it, it sucks to say. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: But you just got to keep him. It's not worth burning every trade you have to get Isaac Henney up only to have an injury. Um, I, I, that's just my personal opinion. You might have a uh, a seesaw that is slightly different to that, but I'd rather have Isaac Heaney in three trades than
2: one trade and whoever you get him to. I guess this year as well, we have to take into account external factors like yeah. COVID. So, in other years, maybe I'd feel—I mean—and you, you never feel great running the gauntlet with like so few trades. Yeah. You're like, okay, you always run the eight gauntlet. rounds to go. You love it. I always do. I love to do it. I'm like, okay, there's eight trades to go. Great. My one trade is going to last me. Unfortunately, I mean, I've done better, been better off this year, but typically I just go for it and hope for the best. And it usually breaks down like around 20 when someone gets injured or rested. I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. How, beginning. how far am I going to fall in the last couple of rounds? But this year with COVID in particular, you never know what's going to happen. Games might be canceled. Something might be pushed around. Yeah. Something's around the corner. I like the security of the extra trade this year compared to previous seasons. It also feels like a year where you're not getting to full premium with six trades remaining. No. That's usually the gold standard in other seasons. Yeah. It just hasn't happened this year. Yeah. We didn't generate enough cash. We didn't have enough you know, rookies that absolutely skyrocketed. It would be difficult to get a full premium team with top-end premiums. And have six trades remaining. A lot would have to go wrong. I, right. I, I just don't think many people are in that situation. Realistically, I think this year an average would be three. Yeah, a bit below average two, a bit above average four, and that's probably the worst that I've seen in years. And that's just been that's the kind of season that it's been. Yeah, there was a lot of injuries really early on. Rookies didn't make as much cash as we'd hoped for. And somehow I'm sitting here with probably the best team that I've ever put together, <laughs> but not many trades and terrible bench cover. So <laughs> I was going to say, don't look at the bench. It, you know, that, that's the downside. <laughs> um, let me ask you this then.
0: I structured my buys around the unconfirmed game of the uh, Eagles and Tigers being moved so that if it did get moved, I would fly in round 14 and it it worked. Is there any how much risk is too much risk is it to like maybe go ham on all your trades right now at the potential we might get a trade or two down the line because we don't know
2: what's happening so that's a great question because I I feel like that also answers people's question who are saying when's it too early to have zero trades yeah (laughs) yeah Because people that will inevitably come up, (laughs) and look, you could say now (laughs) it's always too early to have zero (laughs) trades. But there's there's context is important, right? Like, are you going down to zero trades and you're ranked one k? Yeah. Or are you going down to zero trades and you're ranked sixth? You know, forty fifth, whatever. You know that there's there's a big difference between those two things. If you're ranked one k and you want to go down to zero trades, don't do that. You're just going to absolutely fall away at the end of the season and you'll end up, you know, could be 3 4K, whatever it is to end the year. If you're coming 40, for example, and you're in a spot where, look, if I can go down to zero trades right now, but I, if everything goes perfectly, I can win Supercoach. Yeah. Then go for it. Because yeah. what you're going to do, you're going to save one trade, but then like th- at least one of the 39 above you is going to do the same thing and just be slightly better than you. Yeah, sure. So you may as well just roll the dice. And look, if it doesn't work out, if you're coming 45th, you probably still finish like between 1 and 2K worst case scenario if everything, you know, you cop things. So, I mean, it depends as well on what your goals are. I mean, most people's goals are to win super coach. But if your goal is to just like have consistently high ranks and like do really well then you might play that a little bit differently but yeah assuming you're you're going for the cash i think sometimes you it's it's rare to be in a position to win super coach entirely and sometimes you just gotta hope for the best yeah. and to get a little bit of luck so if you're coming 95th in super coach, just for an example
0: yeah. uh you're saying that when you're within grasping distance of like top 10 if everything went your way it'd be worth taking that chance than holding four
2: trades and watching nothing go wrong look if you were a person playing SuperCoach and there's money on the line and you didn't care really what you finished yeah and you were coming 95th <laughs> I I would do that. I'd just go for broke. Yeah. What if so, your podcast yeah, relied on you not flunking? <laughs> if you have a podcast and you would be the laughing stock of potential other podcasters <laughs> if they overtook you because you were coming ninety fifth with four trades and they were behind you with less trades, I probably wouldn't do it. Okay, all right. Look. It's it's great to get some personal advice. Uh, I kind of hoodwinked you there,
0: Pistol. 95th is actually me, so uh, I, pre- no, I pre- no. <laughs> appreciate the one-on-one. <laughs> yeah, so it, 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 obviously team-dependent, where you're ranking, how many trades you got left, what's your weak point of your team is also a, a big consideration. You might have a fantastic 21, but that 22 is just letting you down a little bit. Um, th- Lots of things to consider, and we can't possibly... Um, speak for everyone's situation, but hopefully that sort of discussion resonates with uh, um, a bunch of you there. Hey, uh, Pistol, the next thing I want to talk about, something we don't uh, focus a whole lot on, and that's league. Um, Does that change the way that you're trading? You know, if you're... Maybe you haven't finished your side yet, you've got a few spots, but you're sitting pretty in league. Um, Does that kind of influence how you might be conserving before finals and things as well? Does does that have any uh, effect on you? Maybe you're in a cash league. I know a lot of the the patrons uh, are in their own cash leagues. Talk to me about that.
2: Yeah, I think that definitely changes how you play the remainder of the season. So there's a couple of things to note. One, it's really, really dependent on where you currently are ranked on your ladder, right? Because if you're in the top four, and you're likely to make finals, you're going to play it very different than if you're like 10th place and you need to win games to make finals, right? Because there's no point in having four trades and not making finals at all. So if you're not in the finals, you need to trade to ensure that you make finals and can still give yourself a chance of winning. If you're in the top four, you can kind of take it a bit slow, but there's more to it as well, (laughs) not just that. So I guess in the circumstances, I would say usually if let's say I still need one premium to go, I would, and I'm and I'm comfortably in the top eight, I would wait until right before finals yeah. and I would pick up a player that's clearly in form, that's going to have a big end to the season. Things are a bit more clear. There's less chance of picking up someone who's going to get injured because you've been waiting a little while and just pick the player that's right for your side and take them through the finals and hopefully, you know, all goes well. On the flip side, at that stage... Hopefully, with four rounds to go, Dangerfield's 600K because he's been scoring 120s like mad and you wouldn't be able to afford him. And now's the only time that you'll be able to afford Dangerfield. And if that's the case because you're cash constrained, then I'd always take the best player, particularly one that has you know, three games at Cardinia Park to end Supercoach Finals. Yeah. I would be taking him early and just hoping he's not injured so that I can have the best team for finals. Yeah. But if you already have those players, I think my standard advice is usually just wait and and pick off the best options and just like chill a bit if you're already in finals. You're not you're not desperate to win games, so just make the most, you know, cash. Get every last bit of cash out of every cash cow. Pick only the right rookies. Don't just pick people who are playing for the sake of ones who are playing. Pick the right ones and make sure the players that you bring in are the right players and that's that's just how you got to do it in these last couple of weeks before Supercoach final starts.
0: Yeah, I, I guess this the, the last thing I'll probably uh, link to the league is that there's um, the end of the season is when league tends to differ. I think the strongest. I think um, yep. the the first two thirds of the season, everyone's just kind of upgrading on a similar path, and th- so there's the potential that you've got a high ranked coach right now that actually plays predominantly for league and he's probably seeing his rank in the top 1K um, or ever, and now he's got to make that hard choice. I'm really loving the rank that I have this year. Do I keep pushing and trying to get better and you know finish you know top 100, for example, or do I sacrifice the high rank that I currently have to pursue a league um, finals win? Because a lot of these guys that are highly ranked are probably doing really, really well in their leagues just because yeah. they've got a good side, and so it's actually an active decision that you have to make that I'm going to pursue one over the other. And by not making the decision, you're actually making a decision in itself, which is to not choose. And so you don't really um, do one or either to the best of their effects. So um, there's going to be some tough decisions out there for some coaches. And obviously it goes without saying, um, it's got to be the reason that you play super coach to the the, the the structure that you follow. So... Um, I I think that that pretty much sums it up pretty well, Pistol. So um, I hope that helps some of our league players that often get missed on this uh, predominantly ranked podcast. Um, The next question I do have to ask for you, and it's one that uh, you specifically wanted me to ask you because you've got a great answer for it. Um, (laughs) Waiting a week to miss a premium to ensure you get better cover.
2: Yeah, okay. So to explain this, uh, with some, I guess, context behind it. That would be like saying, if I were to... I'm going to use a bad example because it's the only one I can think That's of. Right. I apologize. I could get Dangerfield this week if I trade out CCJ, or if I wait one more week and play a rookie on field, I can keep CCJ as my F7 and trade a different rookie instead. Yeah. The benefit of so it cover becomes, yeah, and that that's a probably extreme example because I feel like CCJ's really good cover because he seems like a very good scorer. But for other people, it might be the difference between like having a waterman and like a Waitman or something. I don't know. I'm completely making making up things. Um, I think that's a very important question and one that is particularly difficult to answer. Again, it's rooted in how many other cover bench players you know playing bench players that you own and also where you're ranked if you're going for very high overall rank you know the quicker you get to full premium generally the more points you're going to score and potentially you might not even need cover i think chizo for me the answer is i would wait one extra week to have ccj as f7 and that's a lot to do with his dpp yeah Just having somebody that can cover the ruck line as well as a forward line, I feel like is a real big win compared to no DPP or a midfield and forward DPP. I feel like a lot of people have a Newcomb or a Bramble or a Bianca or someone that can cover the midfield. So we're okay in the midfield department, but the forward and ruck department is where a lot of people are a little bit weaker. So for CCJ and CCJ only, I would like to wait another week to get him as my bench cover. However, for pretty much any other player, if you're going for overall, I like getting points on the field quicker and just, yeah, riding it out. Although, again, it depends on the bench cover. I, I like Waitman as well. It's not CCJ only, I should say. It's it's one of those players that you know won't get dropped. Yeah, that score reasonably well. Yeah, I can't think of any other options off the top of my head right now, but people that have good job security and you know you will have cover for the whole season there... Very valuable right now, even if it's 50 or 60 points. It's 50 or 60 points you might not have otherwise. So for them, I like to keep. But yeah, other borderline players, it might not be worth it. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I think it's a a really
0: important point to talk about Um, because we're not faced with a whole lot of legitimate, you know, sort of downgrade options coming up that, uh, or, you know, even available this week that we can be super confident in, can we? So, um, you know, we've got the likes of Bramble this week, uh, who's on the bubble, probably gets picked again, but it's not like he's absolutely shooting the lights out, Um Averaging about 50 is probably the best you can you can hope for. Uh, Jeremy Sharp was back on the weekend uh, for Gold Coast playing um, through the midfield and a bit of wing. Riley Garcia was back from his injury. Uh, Brandon Walker, a defender for Frio, um, who I didn't even notice had played his first game, um, their pistol. Dylan Williams from Port. Not a lot of these guys are really kind of putting their hand up and saying, I'm going to be decent cover for the remainder of the year. So I think that's... Um, you know, a super important question to be having because a lot of us are being forced with bringing in donuts uh, to, to, to finalize these trades and leaving our benches <laughs> quite thin, you know, just because we, we don't have that uh, incredible amount of options to be choosing from. So uh, what are your thoughts on sort of like the rookie situation if you are downgrading? Um, is it just as simple as picking someone that, is
2: playing if you're in that situation? Yeah, I think at this point of the year, it's either if you need the DPP because you already have somebody who is playing and allows you to swing them into other positions yeah. so to have multiple coverage, that's good. Or if you don't have that, then just get somebody who is playing yeah. because... Any points sometimes will just be helpful. I think Jeremy Sharpe's quite good, mm. 141k as a midfielder, but he's a little bit more expensive. I mean, obviously, if you get a non-playing player, you say 40k, yeah. which could be the difference between... Grundy and not Grundy. You know, it, it could very well be that difference. And that's... You need Grundy. So that, that <laughs> you know, it makes that decision for you there. I think otherwise, Brandon Walker needs to play well to keep his spot. I don't think he's a particularly great super coach selection... Probably average. It's like forty, so it's almost worth it just to get someone with DPP instead, because yeah. it's not that many points at the end of the day. Otherwise, there are not too many options, and somebody like a Durham from Essendon with that defensive mid eligibility, 102k, just you know, is is a little bit helpful. Otherwise, if you don't have Reeves, I think Reeves is someone who will get games on the run home and score pretty Mm. well at R3. I feel like that's pretty good. I've got one quick one for you, The Quick question I'm going to throw back at you. It is my situation this week. I have no R3 cover. Neither. After I sell Zach Smith for Dangerfield this week. I can wait one more week for Smith to appreciate in value and then downgrade him to Reeves and get Dangerfield next week. Or I can just go this week and have to get Edwards, who's no chance of playing 102K ruck forward donut. Mike Abbott. <laughs> However, Reeves isn't even playing. Yes. So I'm not really... I'm potentially gaining nothing and just missing a week of Dangerfield scoring. Yeah. What What would you do in that situation? Um, That's a, a really, really good... It's tough. Yeah. Because I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> I think it's as simple as... If Reeves is picked this week, you just straight up pick him, right? Like, you just downgrade him and get Danger. Is this, is,
2: you're able to do that this week if he's named? I'm not, no. You're not able to do that? I have that. to get Edwards. I need I need Zach Smith or CCJ to appreciate one more time yeah. in price for me to get Reeves and Danger. Okay. So,
0: if he plays this week, you're screwed anyway? Yeah, correct. Okay. Well, let's hope he's not named. Um <laughs> Yeah, and then he's not, and then in, you know he's not named the week after, and then you waited a week for no reason, sort of thing.
2: Potentially, and I'm, and Ooh. then yeah, then what do I yeah do? As someone who's playing for overall rank as well, am I going to leave myself with no rough cover? Um, I hope someone else is in the, the situation, me, so it's not just for well. Me.
0: This is the this was the situation that I was in, and I just pulled the pin because I, I needed to fill R three earlier than what you did, evidently. So I ended up with Edwards. Um, I guess uh it would come down to how many trades you have left and the likelihood that you're going to get um stuck with a donut in your ruck line. So I'm going to be hopefully left with three trades which should alleviate that fear like I wouldn't miss a week of dangerfield and get a get yeah. a rookie rookie score to get an R3 and still have a bunch of trades remaining, if that makes sense. If this is part of your plan and you're going to end up with one trade, I would totally wait the extra week. Yep. If you've got three trades, I would probably just ignore it and just hope three is enough to get you through. Because when I think about yep. the the long term injuries that you. I've had this year, um, three is feels like yeah, it feels okay. like an okay yep. amount. If you've got two, what about two? <laughs> it genuinely. Is a bit of flip of a coin in my mind.
2: Ugh, I would... not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I would wait a week with two. Okay. But
0: if things get worse with the VidCo not getting demonetized situation and it looks like things are getting worse and we might get an extra trade, I would just burn it
2: and do it. Oh, I actually forgot to mention. I'm glad that you brought that you re brought that back yeah. up, Chizo. I was about to say people in that position where I was saying if you're like 40th overall and you're just going to go for it, this year if a game's moved and you potentially get extra trades as mm. well, you know that's just part of that luck that might help this year. That's kind of probably, hopefully, never going to happen in any other Supercoach season. So you may as well go for broke, zero trades, and if a game's move, you get more and you save yourself later anyway. Yeah. So. That was, yeah, sorry. I completely forgot the end of that. previous conversation. <laughs> So I hope that ties it up in a nice little bow and we can, we can, we can finish. We can, you know, close away that question properly now. Yeah. Luckily we have the inside knowledge
0: of when these things are going to happen in Slack pistol. So, uh, we might as well move <laughs> into the captaincies for this round. Uh, I'm a little bit confused seeing Gold Coast and Richmond on a Thursday, mate. A, don't like a Thursday game because it ruins the the second podcast of the week. B, don't know why Gold Coast is doing there. Uh, It feels like the
2: Friday night is actually going to be start of the round with Geelong and Essendon. Look, I can't say I agree. I think there's a little bit of bias in your answer, but I I'm also not a huge Thursday (laughs) night. You just want to watch Zach Smith. We all get it. Okay, move on. (laughs) Not if I trade him this week. I'm still undecided (laughs) now after your. You're on the... Nah, uh, two we, we decided on the to burn outside. it. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Look, I probably will. I'm, I'm, I like to... I'm a risky player. That's my, my play yep. style. So, I probably will. Do. I mean, I got, I got Saxman in the first <laughs> place. You have to be an absolute nutcase to do that. Yes, so. you do. <laughs> VC. I, uh, I, I'm aware of what I am. Um, look, VC, I think this week is straightforward. Yep. I'm... Pretty confident on what I want to do this yeah, round. <laughs> not not quite merit, <laughs> especially at Kedina Park. Um, Max Gorn might not be in the best form, yeah. and that's probably saying something. But his history versus GWS, it's like he plays as a complete man possessed. I'm going to read out some of his scores. His last five five scores yeah. against GWS. Yeah. Five for emphasis. 163, 150, 149, 156, 160. Oh my god. That's a five round average of 156 supercoach points. Average. I mean, if you're not VCing Max Gorn, far out. I mean you can't you have to, right? Cuz I mean Oliver might get the tag. There's like poor matchups in the other games. Like it feels like maybe Lions could go well, but Well, that's who I was considering. Chuck the VC. Me. I was looking at at Lions yeah. against Adelaide. Yeah, I think he he's a reasonable one as well. I don't honestly don't see many other reasonable selections here when you've got these two guys at could go well and truly above 140. And then you got that safety, I shouldn't say safety because I'm going to jinx it, of Bontempelli going like 140 against yeah. North Melbourne and yep. you know McRae doing really yep. well as well. Steel against Collingwood. So steel against Collingwood is also an excellent shout. So you got those picks that have safety. Even Zorko against Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> is is a good shout as a VC option. So I'm feeling pretty confident that one of the VCs is going to go massive. Um, I don't know which one. I'm going to go go on and hope for the best, I think. The only counter that
0: I would have for that is I believe that they rested Mummy again last week, not because he needed it, but because they wanted him in absolute tip-top shape
2: to take on Gorn at the MCG. I just don't think he can. Like... I don't think Mummy's beating Gorn. We said that about but Grundy, Gorn's though. just... Yeah, we did. He just
0: comes to Gorn... play and just does something extra and then goes and hibernates for three weeks to recover.
2: But Gorn beats up GWS. Yeah. Like, he's beaten up Mummy in the past. Yeah. So I don't see why this would be any different. I mean, I guess, you know, Jackson's playing a lot more rock time, whatever. But, like, they got to win. He probably enjoys a battle with Mumford. That's probably why it goes so well against yeah. him. It's probably, like, a, a fun thing to just beat up a mummy
0: yep. yeah look uh, <laughs> you can't knock a 156 five round average man like so yeah. I'm definitely not saying don't do that but it's just uh, certainly something to consider in my mind
2: alrighty well I think that pretty much covers everything Chizo. where can people find us on the social? they can
0: find us on the twitters uh, doctor underscore sc is the main page you've got Cheezo with a z underscore drsc pistol underscore drsc and jb underscore drsc if you want to get a hold of the podcasters uh, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you do like the podcast and want to help us get our uh, brand out there a little bit more and more listeners so we'd certainly appreciate that and if you've got a really really good review we might even share it on the next
2: episode All right, challenge accepted. Thank you very much for listening.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.